Hello out there. You've hit the midnight drive. So buckle up. It's going to be a nice ride. Episode 8 of the Joe Long Show is called Muzak. check out the Joe Long Show. My name is Joe Long. Yes, the Joe Long. And this is my show. We're recording this episode at the Chief Gorlack Pumpington I Memorial Studios in Strathroy, Ontario. And my drink of choice this week is a nice warm cup of Bengal tea. Do I know what Bengal tea is? Not really. Um, It's the tea that my wife chose to purchase and it smells uh, interesting. So I thought I'd give it a give it a old college try for this episode. I wanted to take this opportunity just to thank you all for listening. Uh, we've received some stats over the past couple of days. It was actually just before I put up last week's two episodes. And through the, uh, the first six episodes, we'd already had over 1,000 listens. And this is really for me just posting uh, each episode a couple times on my Facebook page. So I really just want to thank you for sharing it with your friends and for rating and reviewing. So if you haven't done that yet, rated or reviewed, you can search The Joe Long Show on iTunes or on your Apple Podcasts app. And you can say that you love me or you hate me or that you think I'm lukewarm or whatever. And you can give me five stars or if you'd like, you could just say... Um, I've kind of had enough of this guy and, uh, give me one star. I would, uh, I would like you to not do the second part, but you're able to do that if you'd like. You can listen to the podcast and you can subscribe on the Apple podcast app on Google play music or on any podcast app. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please do that. Um, and encourage your friends to do so. One of the things that you may or may not have noticed, uh, throughout this whole Uh, journey that we've gone on so far is that I've taken it upon myself to write and perform the musical interludes for the show. It was actually one of the reasons that I wanted to do the show um, so that I could show off my skills and, uh, you know, put them together as one big, uh, big old mixed bag or one old bag of tricks that, uh, that you could, you know, listen to and love, hopefully. So I've really enjoyed doing that. Also, just so you know, this is actually the first time in my life since grade nine, that I haven't been a part of a musical project. So for more than 15 years, one of the defining factors in my life is that I've been musical, or more specifically, that I've been playing music with friends. It's helped define who I am. I've uh, moved across the province to follow this dream, and some of my closest friends were made either in the bands that I was in or some of the other bands that we played with. Some people exaggerate and say that music is life. It isn't. One can live life without music. But I think it's fair for any of us to say that music is the spice of life. Maybe, you know, what we can say is that music makes life worth living. 
After the interlude, I'm going to share some stories about smelly kids making shitty music and it being the best thing ever. was a wee lad in grade nine i played in a band i played guitar there were two guitar players and a drummer in the band it was my friend jake my friend nick who was the drummer and i and we uh just jammed out we would play cover songs and write originals and it would just be was a lot of fun i was speaking with jake or facebook messaging with jake earlier this week and we couldn't figure out what the name was for that for that iteration of a band. But that was the first time that I did music with, with friends and it changed my life. I continued playing music with Jake. Uh, later on, we formed a kind of a little bit of a band with a bass player. So it was just the two guitar players and the bass player. And we, uh, we called ourselves the upright. And I think we kind of just, uh, hired a drummer whenever it was needed. Uh, that was pretty fun. You you look back and you think of like, oh, the summer of 69, those were the best days of my life. In grade 11, I joined a band called Side Street. And yes, those first two bands changed my life. But Side Street put my life on a different trajectory. We wanted to make it big. That was our our goal. We wanted to, to do music for a living and we wanted to do it as you know, a life calling. And, and we felt that it was, you know, something called from a higher power to be doing this music. So we did it. We went, we went full bore into it through high school. And those years following, we played shows throughout Ontario. And actually the second year after high school, September of 2006, we moved from North Bay to London, Ontario. Why we chose London, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I knew that one of our band members, Joe's Way, had some friends in London that we that we stayed with quickly and then became quick friends with them. And I know that we didn't want to move to Toronto because we felt like we would be the small fish in a big pond. And that was just a little too uh, scary for us. And London had a very healthy scene. So we wanted to go there. We were moving from from a healthy scene. We had found that, you know, the pond was maybe a little too small. We loved playing in North Bay. North Bay was home. It was where we knew we had friends. The North Bay music scene was was wonderful, and I'm actually going to talk about the North Bay music scene in a later episode. But Side Street turned to Keros. We had decided that Side Street wasn't a cool enough name, and we needed to have a Greek name that didn't really mean anything. So we, we'd made that change. Keros played a bunch of shows. <laughs> we, for a couple of uh, weeks, were signed on an indie label, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was uh, lots of fun. I would never change those times in my life, even though in those times were probably some of the times I was most frustrated with some of my friends. It also was the time that developed me into a, a better human being, and it was also the time that I met my wife. Rock and roll is the reason that I came to London. But I've stayed in London 
because of the great friends that I've met through bands and the great people and the great atmosphere it is for music. The latest band that I was in has actually been for the last seven years or so. A group of us kind of got married around the same time, and we were starting to realize that we were all in each other's wedding party. So we decided, hey, let's form a band, and we called the band The Wedding Party. After the bump, I'm going to actually speak with one of the members of The Wedding Party, one of my really close friends, Calvin Harrison. Happy today to be joined by one of my good friends, probably my best friend, uh, Calvin Harrison. Uh, he is one of the guys that has been in one of the the bands that I've been in for the last, I guess, uh, like seven years, something like that. Yeah, something like and that. so, uh, in uh, in December of this year, we kind of decided that maybe it was time for that to end, just because of a couple of uh, of different things, but. Uh, Calvin's also been in some uh, much more successful or a much more successful band than uh, than the wedding party. But uh, so uh, welcome. Welcome, Calvin Harrison. Thank you for having me. Joe. Uh, Appreciate uh, it. This episode, we're talking about music and just the the kind of the, the cool things that come from from being in a band and from, you know, living living that kind of cool life of, you know, of of doing music. And I, you know, I said earlier in the show that this is the first time since I was in grade nine that I haven't had some form of musical, um, thing in the works. When was the, when, when did you first start being in bands? Oh man. Um, I think my first band started in grade 10 or 11, actually. So fairly similar to your circumstance as well. Yeah. Um, it was just a few friends from high school, just, we ended up jamming in one of my friend's basements and mainly covers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, like you said, this is the first time in pretty much since then that I haven't been involved in some sort of musical project. Yeah. In that first band, did you try to do originals? We actually, we eventually did. Um, <laughs> at the time, we were fairly proud of them, but I think I'd be pretty uh, embarrassed if they were ever released at this point. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of music was was that first band? Oh, I would say overall like a new metal kind of band. Yeah, uh, a lot of Deftone influence going on. We covered a ton of Deftones. Nice, but yeah, I mean, I would say overall like a new metal feel, basically. A little bit of rap rock, like the POD kind of style, or there was a little bit of that. There's one of the members that definitely wanted me to rap more than I wanted to, so <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that kind of died out fairly quickly <laughs> yeah it as it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah um then so it was after that band is that when you started epistolary then um or did you, you didn't start epistolary. i didn't start epistolary yeah. and i and i was in that band fairly short um for a short time i kind of tried to do two bands at once kind of thing going on and um yeah like i said i I only was in Epistolary for a short period of time, 
as you know, a couple of guys from that band actually joined in my other band at one point. So yeah, yeah. So did the first band have a name? I guess that's a, a good question. I believe. Yeah, I think. I don't know if we had a name before this, but the name that I remember was Trust Down. Yeah, I think that was that was the name that we stuck with for a while, and then basically it evolved and members kind of changed in and out. And then um, I met some of the guys from Epistolary and that's kind of where Exodus started to form mm. at some point. Yeah. So that's Exodus in Peril, uh, which was the, the name of your band that kind of did really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was good timing. Like um, the scene was definitely alive here and we just kind of came in at a good time and, seemed to connect with people so it was a it's definitely a cool experience yeah with with exodus and peril obviously uh you guys were uh successful uh in in the christian scene but i you were one of the first of uh, the like the christian metal bands and i know that you probably didn't necessarily like that <laughs> that title uh but one of those bands that kind of you know made it from the london area Crossover. Into, yeah, crossed over into the more mainstream metal scene as crossed well. Crossed over into the dark scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like I said, like I think a lot of it had to do with good timing because at that point, a lot of Christian metalcore was really taking off and beginning to kind of cross over as well. That's like when Solid State was starting to basically peak, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kind of around here, like around London and area, a lot of bands, it was kind of either like, you know, very metal or very punk. Like Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of in between at that time for local bands. And we kind of came in and we're doing some uh, influence from bands that were, you know, starting up as a metalcore kind of was growing. Um, And I, yeah, like I said, I think a lot of it had to do with just timing. And Cornerstone Music Festival was one of the largest Christian music festivals in the world and maybe the largest would that be fair uh, at least for that genre of music yeah would, yeah, yeah sorry yeah. yeah for for alternative music uh so like punk and emo at that time and and hardcore as well those kind of bands this was the largest music festival for those kind of bands for the Christian uh labels so yeah. um how did you get invited to that and uh yeah just ex- explain that whole process because that was a pretty cool uh process i forget exactly how everything came together but there was some form of an invite and then basically um i'm not sure if we had to submit anything or not but then i do remember that there was basically like a contest um not to perform at cornerstone but it was uh they took the bands that were basically knew like us and threw it out there that if whoever got the most votes basically got to go on main stage before I forget what night it was but anyways needless to say we I think we came second or third so we actually did pretty well it was kind of cool because we were part of the actual festival there was a lot of um generator stages as well which um I know bands like Devil Wears Prada and stuff like that. That's actually where they got their start, were playing generator stages. Mm -hmm. And I had the pleasure of actually walking around and checking out the generator stages. And they were super cool. Unfortunately, we were booked to play a few of them. And uh, we basically got told that 
Um, if we were part of the official festival, we were not allowed to be a part of those stages. Yeah. And if we were caught, we'd be kicked out and we they would shut down that stage. So we didn't want to take that chance. So it was an awesome experience for sure. It was cool. Like getting to see all these bands that <laughs> that we listened to basically and play alongside with them kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a like it's a week long and it's literally like sun up to sundown of like speaking in music. Yeah. So we were like I think we were the second last day. So by that point it basically was just like all one real long song by that by that point <laughs> yeah, if you know what I mean. So. For sure. It definitely I mean there's one um one negative thing that some people can feel about metal music is, is that like when you when you do listen to a band sometimes it just feels like if you've listened to a bunch of bands in a row, sometimes a uh, a band set can kind of uh, all sound like one big old mashup of. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you and I were speaking last night about this, and and I, that's what I would say to people that say, "Oh, metal's all the same." Is like you're right. There are a lot of bands that sound very similar, mm-hmm. but if you listen to the bands that are successful and doing it right and doing it well, they always stick out, mm-hmm. and you can always kind of have a little extra room for them kind of like dessert you know Mm -hmm. they're just that they have that way of carrying themselves so yeah yeah it's it's uh truly beautiful when you can hear a band and each of the songs kind of stick out or just the way that they um they carry themselves on stage sticks out and uh, that's one of my like we were saying uh in flames i don't really listen to their music but when we uh, saw them a couple of maybe it was last year it was a it was a great show just because the way that they held themselves on stage and just the uh, the way that they put their heart and soul into their craft, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, <laughs> but I'm a big fan, so <laughs> yeah. of course I agree with you. <laughs> so, what do you feel like was your greatest musical accomplishment? Not to sound cheesy, but honestly, like I would say that our band together, the wedding party, my greatest musical accomplishment was getting to play good music with my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what that, the wedding party was to me was getting to play music with my best friends, literally. So, um, because you kind of learn from the past of other bands and, you know, we had different agendas going on and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and I'll say this a hundred percent that I'm the most proud of the music that came out of the wedding party by far. And, and I mean, that could have something to do with like growing a bit older and just, you know, finding our craft and stuff, but yeah, but that, yeah, that would definitely be, um, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I'm happy that I got to be in a band where it was like, I'm playing with my best friends and Hey, it actually sounds not bad for my, to to my ears basically. So yeah, yeah. I know uh, for me, like the wedding party was because I think we kind of came in with no expectations and we, just wanted to make good music and we just wanted to to do good art so because we were all close friends and we valued that more than you know making it or making tons of money or making any money actually uh then i think that was that was it allowed a a good atmosphere for good art because i feel like we were all able to be a little vulnerable Mm -hmm. and we were all able to uh also just you know we were a little older so we like you said could we were just a little stronger in our craft and we kind of knew what worked and what didn't work. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was like, yeah, just good, a good merger of, of people. And I mean, we got to, we 
got to know Ren a lot better, which is cool. Like mm-hmm. someone that were, um, I didn't know Ren prior to the wedding party, you know, no, no. and now like having, having Ren as one of our close friends is, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, I didn't, like I was just gonna say is like like we like I said we came in with the right attitudes. We basically looked at the wedding party like, hey, I could you know play in a band and it's and put some money into the craft, or mm-hmm. I could go and play around a golf. Like we mm-hmm. looked at it like this is a hobby, so mm-hmm. you know we didn't have any expectations or uh, expecting to make money out of it mm-hmm. because I mean. The reality is, is most of the bands that are even touring now, like, are barely making any money. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Of some of the bands that I was in before, I might have had, like, these goals of, like, oh, I want to play such and such a show. And most of those goals for us, if we're, like, I feel like the the bands that Jordan and I and and Joe's band Ryan might have had for Keros were actually more realized in the wedding party than in our previous band, you know? Yeah. I mean... (laughs) We we were lucky enough, like our friend um Mr. Brandon Eady from Summer Camp. Um uh he definitely hooked us up a lot and yeah. we had to play some pretty badass shows with some bands that, you know, we actually listened to and stuff. And that that that's like those are always the my favorite memories are just like, you know, getting to share a stage with a band and then stepping off the stage and being like, All right, go up there and show me how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, yeah, like when we played with Norma Jean, like if I, I w- if I was told that when I started with Keros, it would have been like, man, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm, this is a big deal in my in my life, you know. I mean, obviously Norma Jean was at a different level when we played with them and when I was that age, mm-hmm. but sure. uh, but you know, definitely one of those like childhood goals or goals in my life that was actualized. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Chris definitely, uh, <laughs> he was in his happy place. We'll yeah. say that when, when you got to play with Norma Jean, there's mm-hmm. no question. So, uh, do you have any, any ideas for musical stuff you want to do in the future or? Wow. I don't know. There's just a lot going on right now. So I think my head's kind of, it's all over the place. It's got ideas, but I don't know if anything's out of place where it's like, here's my direction. Here's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of open at this point because I, I do, I li- like you do too. I listen to a lot of different types of music. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that don't know me that well, they just know me as a screamer. But as you know, I have a lot more than that kind of music going on in my vehicle. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I'm, I think right now it's, I'm just kind of sitting back and going, uh, you know, working through some stuff and, uh, you know, I, I've been doing a little bit of writing, so definitely there's that. Yeah. I just don't know the direction at this point, which, yeah. you know, yeah. that's fine. Especially for you, because you've, that's kind of your role in, in any band that you've been in has kind of been the, the lead singer and you haven't necessarily taken up a, an instrument, right? So mm. I'm, I'm sure it's a little more difficult for you to say, oh, yeah, I want to do this because you kind of have to form people around you then if you're looking to to get something done or you have to you know learn an instrument which yeah also which, is a thing which is fun but yeah i'm like the type of person that's like there's so much going on in my head for as far as music goes that i'm like i don't feel like i could ever keep up with my head yeah i know so that's... i'm always like trying to find people that i'm like can you play what's going on in my head you're in yeah you know that kind of thing yeah um yeah 
Well, thanks so much for for being on the show. That we've uh, we've got about fifteen minutes worth of of an interview here, so that's pretty awesome. Sweet. So, I love you, Calvin, and I, I was just glad that we could that I could finally get you on the show and we could talk about something that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, well, anytime, man. You know, man and many talents. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, we'll talk about anything, though. But I definitely appreciate having me on, and you know, music's pretty important to me. So, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Oh. My pleasure. Everybody, this is uh, it's my it's my beautiful and wonderful privilege to welcome Zachary Havens. Hey, uh, Zach, uh, introduce yourself. Maybe tell uh, a little bit about uh, your musical history. Sure, sure. So uh, my name is Zach Havens, and I wow, man, musical history—that's broad. I uh, I spent my entire life doing music so far, pretty much. Started piano lessons when I was like just a kid, and. And uh, I did classical piano, and then by the time I got in high school, I realized that, um, you know, playing in a band sounded like a really cool thing, and I didn't know how to play guitar, so I figured I might as well try to play piano in a band, and so I did that for a number of years, and toured the country a little bit, and uh, played with some, some really great artists and stuff, and then since uh, the band ended a few years ago, I've been running the company that specializes in connecting uh, music students to awesome music teachers, and so that's what I'm doing now, but I still am actively involved in a ton of different uh, music scene stuff, and um, playing the occasional gig here and there and on our, uh, you know, involved at our church music, that sort of thing. So yeah, that's what I do. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you're probably the best piano player that I know. Wow. Uh, I'm honored. <laughs> uh, I, I tinker around on the piano. You're, you have your grade 10, right? Or is it, do you have beyond your grade 10? What's I, Yeah, I actually have beyond my grade 10. So it goes like up to grade 10 and there's this thing called your associateship with the Royal Conservatory. And so I have that. So it's like past your grade 10. Oh, so that means you're you're basically Superman. I I was Superman. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten a whole lot worse since I got that, but yeah, yeah, I was, I was okay. So when did you when did you finish that portion of when did you stop learning piano? I guess <laughs> are you? I mean, um, I'm sure you're always learning, but sure, sure, sure. Uh, I stopped taking like lessons. I guess when I finished high school, I got that thing. It's called your uh, ARCT. So I got that when I was 16. Um, so I was super young to get it. I know a lot of people don't get it until their twenties, but for me, I was homeschooled growing up. So I was able to kind of do a lot of extra music stuff that some other people don't always get the opportunity to do. Uh, but so yeah, I, yeah, I got that when I was, I was 16. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did it was that like your main pickup line to, to you young, <laughs> young girls? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because like Brit, my, some I'm married and so my wife and I, uh, we started dating like three months after I got that. And in hindsight, I'm like, it's a good thing I forgot it when I did because there is no way I ever could have gotten it, you know, in a, in a serious relationship because there's just no, no time <laughs> no yeah. time to invest in these things, right? Tell a little bit about Tutel. Sure, yeah. So um, I started Tutel uh, right out of high school with a buddy of mine. Um, he and I played in a band in high school called Days Ransom for a number of years. And But so then the band kind of split up and then we were like, we should do music together. So we started this this little band and he eventually left. Uh, moved out west and so I kind of carried the torch forward and uh, so we played 
I don't know, we, we had a couple releases. We released an EP and then a full-length album. It was all independent. We never got signed or anything. Um, but, you know, we, we tried to work really hard. So, you know, with some of the things that we did is we were able to get some radio play on some Christian radio stations across the country. And um, we, we kind of did our own tours, booked our own tours across the country a, couple, a few times as well. And then um, also shared the stage with some really, really great artists, um, many in the Christian industry. Um, you know, growing up when I was, you know, in high school and stuff, the bands that I would idolize would be a lot of bands that, you know, played in, in the Christian industry in the Christian market, but also that had some kind of crossover appeal between Christian in general. So that's kind of what I tried to model the band after. But um, there's a lot of opportunity in the Christian market for us. So with that, you know, we were able to play with bands like Thousand Foot Crutch and Newsboys and Hawk Nelson and uh, a lot of pretty decent Christian acts. Um, as well, we did the club circuit as well and played a bunch mm-hmm. of gigs in, in Toronto and all that type of stuff too. But so yeah, so we did that for a number of years. You also played with the Wedding Party, which was a... Uh... Definitely a highlight of mine, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, of my, one of my favorite times, uh, one of my favorite memories of uh, music was actually the time that we uh, went up to North Bay and uh, played yeah. the show up there and then did the show in Barrie after with, with you guys. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the power kept on going out at, in North Bay when, yeah. when we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it felt so bad. Cause it's like, you go into these places and, and it was such a great show and there were like a ton of kids there like, yeah. and, and it was high energy and you're in the mode. And like, you know, anyone who's been to a show can speak to the energy of a room and, and that you go, it's like, it's an event and you kind of want to keep it flowing. And just as things are going and then everything goes, you're, <laughs> and all you hear is like, you know, drums with like no, no miking at all. And it's awful, but uh, you persevere. Now, uh, so uh, you also said that you're now doing something cool musically because uh, uh, earlier on in, in the show, we were, I was talking with Calvin Harrison, yeah. you of course know. And course. Uh, uh, we were talking about now, I think is the first time in our lives that we aren't actively pursuing music since mm. we were in like grade nine. Wow. Yeah. So it's like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy time for us, but you're doing something really cool with music. Uh, uh, you're running a business called Maestro. Yeah. Can you explain what that business is a little bit? And then explain also one of the things that you're doing this summer is a, a cool summer camp idea. Yeah. Can you explain that as well? Yeah, totally. So um, I started Maestro. We, we officially launched back in September of 2016. And uh, so basically it was based on the idea that I've been teaching piano since I was in high school. When I was in high school, I taught piano to kids or like my, my English teacher, I taught my English teacher in high school. <laughs> and so it was always kind of just kind of thing I just kind of did for extra cash here and there. It was just kind of a fun thing to do. And, um, you know, as, as time went on, you know, especially being here in London, more and more people would ask me to teach piano. And it got to the point where I'm like, I can't, I don't have any more time. There's, there's nothing out there. I don't have any other time to teach these students, even though I'd love to. And uh, so I was like, you know, I've got to, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way of helping other awesome teachers. Cause I know that there are other amazing teachers in the area. And I know there are other students that want to learn from these awesome teachers, but um, sometimes it's hard to get connected. And, and so uh, I, I created this company called Maestro and it's basically, it's an online way of uh, connecting music students with music teachers and we, you know, operate as kind of the go-between. So with that, you go to our website, Maestro. So it's M-I-I-S-T-R-O. So kind of a quirky spelling. Um, so you go to the site and then you basically kind of send us a message and we connect you with one of the teachers that we have on our roster. And uh, as well, a portion of all the revenue that we bring in goes to um, music education programs in developing countries through Compassion. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's really great to kind of have that, that business aspect of it, but also that social awareness because we recognize that, you know, music's all about community, man. And I think that, you know, music's fun and, you know, everyone likes 
songs and radio and all type of stuff, but there's such a, a cool like psychological, spiritual community um, based effect that comes from music and, and that doesn't come from anything else. And I'm really passionate about that. And so if you can kind of equip people, you know, here in Canada to have that opportunity, but then as well as other people around the world, it makes a huge impact and a huge difference. And it's so easy. You just have to be intentional about it sometimes. So that, that's, that's what we're doing with my strip. You have a cool camp idea yeah. for, uh, for this summer coming up. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this August in here in London, we're doing a, a rock band summer camp, and we're really excited about it. Essentially, what it is is it's uh, a couple weeks of the summer where we're dedicating, you're you know inviting kids to kind of be a part of this thing where they can learn either instrument, whether it's guitar, piano, drums, singing, or anything like that. And and so there are these group lessons that are going to be taking place. Um, and then the idea is that these kids that are coming here, they're learning their instrument, but they're also learning how to play with other musicians. Cause that's the thing. It's so easy sometimes to take music lessons in isolation. And for anyone who's taken music lessons before, you know, it's kind of lonely and it's kind of disheartening at times because no one's really hearing what you're doing and you can't play off of it. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, when I was in high school, and I'm sure you can agree as well, that when you're playing in a band with these people, um, you can feed off of each other and, and you can, you know, get better ideas and you can get better. And there's that community based thing just from being in the same room together so we really want to create that opportunity for these kids especially when they're so young that they can learn what it's like playing with other people what it's like being a like you know a rock star or whatever so they can kind of have that fun experience and uh, we're also really excited that that you know many of the teachers that are going to be a part of it are people that have had experiences playing in bands and actually you know touring and and uh, recording and that sort of idea so it's not just you know people that have no real world experience it's people that are actually bringing some really good value to it that's awesome. And uh, so where can people, if they are interested in signing up for it, where can they sign up for that? Is that also on maestro or yep. maestro.com? Yeah, we, we get both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, so if you go to maestro.com, there's a link there, or you can go directly to it, maestro.com slash rock band summer camp. And it's maestro, M-I-I-S-T-R. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so thanks so much, Zach, for, for coming on here. Ooh, of uh, course. I'm uh, I love you and I love uh, speaking with you. So I love you too, buddy. <laughs> All right. Have, have a good one. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And thanks to Calvin and to Zach for sharing their thoughts and their experiences with us. And definitely it was a, a fun time putting together this episode. So I really appreciate it. Again, you can rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, and all of those cool places. Be sure to subscribe. Or if you want to just get in touch with me, you can do that also. I'm on social media at the Joe Long, or you can email me at joe at thejoelong.com. I will see you later. Keep on smiling. Bye-bye.